Dear family of God, we are continuing in our meditations in Psalm 37. We'll be reading verses 30 through 33. Psalm 37, verses 30 through 33. This is the living and inerrant word of God. The mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom, and his tongue talks of justice. The law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. The Lord will not leave him in his hand nor condemn him when he is judged. Father in heaven, we thank you that this is your precious word. And we rejoice in it. Lord, we want to be people of your word. We want to be those who uh, love it with all our heart and soul and mind and strength and love you in that way. And so we pray that we would be teachable now and that you would prepare our hearts to come to this table and to glorify your holy name. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in the first two verses here, verses 30 and 31, we see two more characteristics of the righteous. And we've been seeing a number as we go through Psalm 37. We'll see some more. <clears throat> and the righteous, again, are those who are righteous in Christ and those who are seeking, the, seeking to walk in righteousness, who are willing to discipline themselves that they might grow in righteousness and grow in godliness. And we are reminded here also of the intent of the wicked in verse 32. They do have intentions against us, against the, against, uh, the righteous. And, uh, but we're also uh, encouraged here because the Lord gives us a promise of protection <clears throat> against the wicked. So first of all, verse 30. The mouth of the wicked, the, the mouth of the righteous speaks wisdom and his tongue talks of justice. Now, the book of Proverbs, of course, there are many, it's filled with many words about speaking wisdom, having a tongue that talks of justice and what is right. That's what comes out in a, in a more natural way, especially speaking the word of truth that comes out of the righteous mouth. And there's one example in Proverbs in chapter 10. There are four verses actually with references to uh, the mouth of the righteous. And uh, then all four uh, contrast that with the mouth of the wicked. But one verse says, the mouth of the righteous is a well of life. So picture that. It's a well. Not only a well, but it's overflowing well. It's overflowing blessing to others uh, around them. And then another one says, the mouth of the righteous brings forth wisdom. So wisdom, again, comes out of their mouth. It's a person who's growing in righteousness, will bring forth that because the word comes forth. And so more and more of what comes out of this person's mouth, uh, this person that is seeking to please the Lord, is the wisdom of the Lord because he's speaking the word of the Lord. And one of the reasons that the righteous person can speak with wisdom, of course, is because the law of God is in his heart. He loves the law of God. And out of the abundance of the heart, we know that the mouth speaks. And so in verse 31, it says, the law of his God is in his heart. None of his steps shall slide or slip. David knew this in Psalm 119. He said, great peace have those who love your law and nothing causes them to stumble. And there is great peace, brothers and sisters. In fact, there's a perfect peace, Isaiah 26, 3 says, for those who love the law of God and whose minds are stayed on the, the word of God, 
on the Lord and on his word. It's fixed there. And David knew this. He, he said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. He didn't, he didn't want to sin. And he knew the only way really is to fill his heart, his mind, uh, with the word of God. And then his mouth would speak of righteousness and justice as the wise person does, the righteous person. So David laid up the word of God in his heart. He, the law of God, which is true and powerful, he was laying it up. It is the source of truth and, and justice. And the person who does this, the person who uh, doesn't fall, or at least doesn't slip into sin as often. In fact, uh, they do so less and less by the grace of God, of course, because the word of the living God dwells in them. I think that's what it means to dwell in us. We meditate on it, chew on it, and it's becoming more and more the focus of our thoughts. And so naturally, if it's the focus of our thoughts, what we say, what comes out of our mouth, is wisdom. R.C. RC Sproul Jr., I think I've shared this numerous times. I'm going to share it again. He said, the word of God can be in the mind without being in the heart, but it cannot be in the heart without first being in the mind. In other words, brothers and sisters, it has to get here, it has to get in the mind, it needs to be hidden there. It needs to be hidden in, in the mind. And it gets there by any or all of the means that God has given us by his grace to get his word in us. So first of all, we can hear the word of God. We hear it on the Lord's day, praise God. We can hear it in many other ways now, uh, in podcasts, and we can hear it from each other. There are many ways to hear the word of God. And so we should delight in that, chances to do that. And then we can read. We can read the word of God. And there are many ways to do that. Uh, we can, uh, I know that many of you, I talk to many of you, and you're consistently rejoicing in reading through the word of God on some kind of a reading program. Praise God for that. Continue to enjoy that and study all of the word of God that way. And then we're to study the word of God. And we can do that again in many ways. We can do that certainly with each other. And I know there are some studies going on among us. But there are many other ways. Even in your family devotions, you can have a commentary sitting by you. Uh, for example, if you're going through Proverbs, you can read uh, the generation study, which is great. It's wonderful to go through that. It's essentially, you're studying it together as a family. Um, and you can do word studies. There's many ways to dig deeper in the Word of God. We have many means to do that. And then, of course, as we see here, we're to memorize. <clears throat> in, other, in other words, we're consistently uh, to put it in our mind so that uh, we can better than meditate on it anywhere, wherever we are. Uh, and, and that's when it is dwelling in you and it's available for the Spirit to bring it to your mind. And meditation, in other words, a chewing of the Word of God, enables it by the power of the Holy Spirit to be in our heart, and that transforms us. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. And so then our actions are transformed also. The righteous know that these disciplines are necessary, and, you know, they may not always be steady in them, but, you know, they're always working in that direction. Direction, not perfection in it. And so they keep growing in them. They never cease growing in these disciplines. They develop habits, and these are good habits that enable them to stand and not to fall, not to slip uh, spiritually. And so the righteous are able to speak wisdom and love the word of God. And then in verse 32, we do see a characteristic of the wicked here. The wicked watches the righteous and seeks to slay him. And brothers and sisters, the wicked are watching us. And we should act 
and speak, knowing this, of course, that the wicked, the unregenerate, are watching with malicious intent, probably, to trip us up, sometimes, for sure, and uh, to end this speaking of wisdom that comes out of our mouths because we love the Word of God, this justice that comes out. They don't want to hear that. But also, I believe there are some, we don't know where their hearts are, but there are some who are watching us who do not know the Lord, but they're watching. They want to see if what we are saying, maybe, you know, maybe that's right. You know, I, I don't, you know, I'm hurting. I don't know. I need help. So to those who are called and to those who are the elect, it has the ring of truth. And we are in that case, the aroma of life to them. We are the fragrance of Christ. And our words and our actions, because of the word of the Lord in us, dwelling in us, is used by the Spirit to convict them of sin and to convict them of righteousness and to convict them of judgment. And then finally, in verse 33, we see how the Lord protects us. Even though they're watching us, they want us to be tripped up. They they gloat at that time. They, They seek to destroy Verse 33 says, the Lord will not leave him, that is the righteous, in his hand, that is the wicked, nor condemn him when he is judged. Matthew Henry put it this way, God will not condemn him when he is judged or accused, though urged to do it by the accuser of the brethren, who accuses them before our God day and night. His accusations will be thrown out. Praise God. Satan or any of his instruments will not prevail. Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted or tested beyond what you are able to bear. He is a God of grace. Sherry and I have been reading a book over, I don't know, a couple weeks now that Rod, uh, Rod S., that is, Rod uh, Swab, that he shared, I think, about a month ago. And it's called Never Alone. And it's an amazing testimony As we go through this, we're just uh, awed, really. Uh, We shouldn't be, because we see God's grace in the terrible ordeal that this man and his family went through in China. And it's a testimony of God's upholding grace in such a a dire situation, in his persecution, and he's often in fear um, and pain. But it enabled this brother to bear what can only be supernaturally born, I'm sure, and it is, and it was a testimony, even to the people he was stuffed in this little room with, uh, and to the guards. It was a testimony to them of the power of God in, in the Spirit to enable this brother. This is in the 1960s uh, during the Cultural Revolution. And it, God's grace, his upholding grace, enabled this brother to endure torture that it's even hard to read, and loneliness. And one situation they regularly starved these people almost to the point of death. Not quite. Uh, that was part of the torture. And uh, they tried to break them, tried to make them say things and write you know, confessions to things they didn't do. Um, they tried to break them. And this man, it's, it's an amazing testimony. At some point, um, he, he knew he could die any time, but he, he did not ever uh, swerve. He, and, and at one point, he really wasn't hungry. Certainly his body was... Uh, needing food, and they were starving him. But the testimony, everybody was watching him at this time. And so 
I got to thinking about this. We may be tempted, brothers and sisters. We may be attacked. Uh, we may be accused, certainly, at some point here. Job certainly was. But the Lord will not remove his grace from us, by which we are able then to endure and to remain victorious. And the elements of the table, which we are reminded of every Lord's Day, they remind us of the grace of God, how great his grace is in sending the Lord Jesus to us, who was murdered, who willingly sacrificed himself on the cross for us. And he sacrificed himself that we might have mouths that speak uh, righteousness and justice and wisdom, and that we might not fall, we might not slip, because we have his powerful word dwelling in us, and that we might not give up. Even when the wicked are watching us, and we know this, they really want to trip us up, and they are accusing us, and they are seeking to bring us down. Brothers and sisters, rejoice in this great grace to you as you receive these blessings now. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, we thank you and we praise you for your abounding grace, your upholding grace that you give to us and that you enable us then to be a blessing as we speak words of righteousness and words of truth and wisdom from your word. And we praise you, Lord, that you have given us your word to be able to stand and in the end to stand for your glory, all of which we can know by the work of of our Lord Jesus Christ for us on the cross by his victory and by his continual mercy to us. And so we come now in faith that the grace we need will be given by your mighty and your loving hand. And we praise you for all this. And we come in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen.